Lambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Quote, we just play soft, man. Like every bump, we're flying all over the place, including myself. Teams just coming in like, we're going to take their heart. And that's what's going on. We're down 20 every game. We've got to figure it out. Close quote. It was Anthony Edwards, one of the two stars of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Obviously, Carl Anthony Towns being the other. This is a team that the Suns are playing tonight at 6 o'clock. Now, the Suns aren't any picnic right now either. Right. Chris Paul's out. Cam Johnson's out. Jay Crowder's still sitting. It, it's okay, But the Suns are not a picnic for different reasons. For the most part, the Timberwolves are a healthy team. They're all there. They're all available. Rudy Gobert missed a couple of games because he was in non-COVID health and safety, but it sounds like he's going to be back tonight. This is the team they envisioned for the most part all season long, and they're getting drilled every single night to the point where they're angry, they're mad, they're confused, they don't know why they're this bad. It's it's a mess, this team that the Suns are playing tonight, Gambo. And, and you, they added a, like, that was one of the things that was so bad defensively that one of the things that they wanted to do was get you know get better defensively, get tougher, get more physical. They give up every, every draft pick they have and then some to go get Rudy, Rudy Gobert. Now, he's missed the last two games, but he should be in action tonight. But like you would have thought right away that just adding him was going to add a level of toughness to that Minnesota Timberwolves team, and we haven't seen that yet. No, you would have thought that you would have thought. Okay, I get it. You add Rudy Gobert. You're playing a really weird style of basketball, uncommon for today's NBA with those two bigs, and that it's going to take you a while to get used to that. Well, you just got done playing two games without Rudy Gobert, so you didn't have to deal with that kind of unusual style, right? You can just play kind of, for lack of a better word, normal basketball out there. Man, they were the, the Knicks killed them the other night, I, and this is where all the finger, you know, Austin Rivers is dropping f bombs in the locker room, and they're all upset, right. they're all pissed off. Everybody's, you know, don't even get me started about. D'Angelo Russell. I wouldn't even get you started about D'Angelo Russell. He's, but we saw him a couple terrible. of weeks ago, and he's a free agent he's after this year. Terrible this season. No, it's just it's 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 fit. It's exactly why James Jones didn't get D'Angelo Russell. He didn't fit right, and he doesn't fit in Minnesota. Like it doesn't work. Like that's like everybody liked D'Angelo Russell when he was with the Nets, and he could score and everything, but it didn't fit what the Suns were trying to do. And it was hard to explain that to people at the time. It was everybody wanted D'Lo. He, like he was, everybody wanted them to. But James Jones and the Suns, they just didn't see that as a fit. They didn't think that he would be good here. It, it's it really was about I can't have a ball dominant guy like that on my team with Devin Booker. I got Devin Booker. I can't have a ball-dominant guy. I need a Ricky Rubio. I need a Chris Paul. I need somebody who will share the ball. D'Angelo Russell is not a good player on a team that has other good players. Now, if, you, if you're a bad team and you need somebody who can score, get him. He'll score for you. He'll help you. But on a good team where you've got two or three other guys that can score the basketball, he don't fit. Yeah, they, they were doing grades for the Timberwolves so far this season. Anthony, and I really like Anthony Edwards a lot as a player. He's getting a C so far this year. Carl Anthony Towns is getting a B minus. Rudy Gobert is getting a C plus. D'Angelo Russell's getting a D minus. They write, it's easy to pick on D'Lo, but it's warranted. He plays at a ponderous pace. He has the worst net rating of any Wolves regular does Fitch need to consider different energy in the starting lineup? And the answer to that question is yes. Well, they need to get rid of him. If, if, they, if, they, if, if anybody wanted him, they would trade him. 
they would trade him. It's just he's not a good fit. Like if he's a free agent after this year, they've got no intention of re-signing him. If they can get off of that, they will. Like if they can find a team that wants to take him, they will. Because it's he is an addition by subtraction guy. Yeah. You know, now if you remember the last time the Suns played Minnesota, they the Suns won that game. This was just, you know, a week ago. Um, they beat him, but that was one of those games, you know, Book was in foul trouble, so he didn't play a lot in that fourth quarter, and then uh, the bench was really bad. Like, that was like their worst game the bench had played. Minnesota went on this this run. Edwards hit a couple of threes, and it was a two-point game. You're like, what just happened here? The Suns were kicking their ass, and all of a sudden, they're back in the game. And, you know, and then the Suns put the starters back in, and they were able to win the game, you know, going away. Minnesota is not what they thought that they would be. They've got a losing record. And to me, it really is about they've got to figure, they've got to figure out the pieces that they want and the pieces that they don't want. And D'Angelo Russell cannot be a piece that they want going forward. Now, here's why this matters short term. Here's why this matters long term. This matters short term because the Suns are playing the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight. And it kind of feels like on the surface, a, a, a nice get right game for the Suns. Now, again, I'm not suggesting the Suns are going to cakewalk this thing tonight because uh, no Paul, no Cam. Yeah, Minnesota's got a lot of talent, but the Suns are they're they're in a little bit of trouble right now too with how shorthanded they are. I think more than anything, this speaks more to the big picture of Minnesota. Now I know we're only you know ten fifteen percent of the way into the season. There's a lot of basketball left, but a lot of people thought Minnesota was like a legit threat in the Western Conference. Like, oh, look out. They're going to be one of the top six teams. They're going to be one of the top eight teams. I get it. Things can change. They can get better. They have gobs of talent there. They don't look like a team you really need to worry about in the Western Conference. You know, when we're making a list at the beginning of the season of teams you have to be concerned about if you're the Suns, I think we would have included Minnesota on that list before the season. I don't think we have to now. I think for now, we can kind of leave them off that list, at least for now. They don't really look like much of a threat in the West. I think we thought the Clippers and the Warriors were the two biggest threats to the Suns. And then I think I would have went New Orleans and Memphis. Okay. And then Minnesota. Dallas in there too. Dallas with Minnesota. Yeah. But I don't I think number one and number two were the Clippers and the Warriors. Okay. Then the next two are the two young up and coming teams. New Orleans getting Zion back mm-hmm. after they challenged the Suns last year. And then Memphis. They grew up, right? It was a young team, a very young team. Took a step last year. They got good. So I would have put Memphis and New Orleans at that next group. And then after that, I mean, Dallas, they still lost Brunson, you know, so I didn't think that they would be as good. And the T Wolves, like, I get why they did it. Rudy Gobert is a top player in this league. And how often you get a chance to get a guy like that? And that's not a place that a lot of free agents are like, yeah, I want to go play in Minnesota. I mean, remember when Kevin Garnett and Stephon Marbury were on the cover of Sports Illustrated? I do. Do you remember that? I sure do. Like, yeah. it's cold there. <laughs> Nobody, free agents don't want to go there. Yeah. It's really cold. Like, in the, when the basketball season, December, January, February, that's like a, that's not a top destination for guys. Innings Festival. It's back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and so much more. That's a good lineup. Returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale. You can head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and for your chance to win tickets. Cliff Kingsbury met with the media today. He shed a little light on how close-knit the front office is. Too close? We'll explain next. Burns and Gambo. And Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, a lot going on around the Cardinals 
today. If you're just tuning in, just hearing the news, Kyler Murray, it was only a walkthrough, so it was an estimation of his availability, but he was not available today. Dude, that all they do is walkthroughs? <laughs> is it every day a walkthrough? <laughs> totally true. What are we going to do tomorrow? Walkthrough. Next, a walkthrough. Oh, well, you've got. What do they do on Sundays? I think on Sundays, Sundays it's usually a walkthrough. Oh, come on. I don't think they're actually playing. I I think it's just more of a walkthrough on Sunday. Ian Rappaport tweeted out, Kyler Murray is considered day-to-day with his hamstring injury, a source said. It's not nothing, but it's not catastrophic. Stay tuned this week. I don't root for injuries. I wouldn't be upset at all if he had to miss the game. I wouldn't be upset at all. Just to see somebody else give I it a try. Know. I want to know. I just want to know. I don't Kai, think you're nuts. Cole I, I kind of want to know, in, too. He throws three passes at 25 yards down the field, and all of a sudden you're like, but his offense looks pretty good. You know what? Do we, then you kind of really know that it's really Kyler's I, I inability to read the, read the defense. I don't know if one game totally proves that, but yes, oh. it, it starts to build a case towards, okay, what is really the problem here? I, 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 Cole McCoy I, comes out there against the Rams defense with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, and he throws for two, three touchdowns. You have the longest pass of the year. They, they average six yards per throw instead of three and a half. You don't, you don't think you'd be like, oh, maybe it is oh, more. Uh, no, no, the word you just said, maybe. Yes, okay. I would right. think maybe, but proof, like absolute definitive, that's that's it. Oh, that's it. Forget it. No, I mean it's not one hundred percent, but it would certainly be like if I'm building You're not a going case. To the judge to get a warrant just exactly. on that. Exactly. Yeah, I need, you need a, little a little more, more evidence. A little more evidence. <laughs> that's a good way. Of yeah. it. <laughs> I'm not going to go get a warrant just with that info. <laughs> the lawyer is like, yeah. The DA is like, yeah. I need a little bit more than that. Yeah, yeah, warrant a little more than one game. Rest of Kyla Murray. Well, what evidence do you have? Cole McCoy. He threw for like three hundred yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, and, I'm going to need a little like, more evidence. Like, yeah, your judge is going to want a little more. Uh, that's mm-hmm. where. But it would be very. And, and I kind of want to see. It too. Now Stafford, Matthew Stafford for the Rams. He's in concussion protocol. We'll see if he plays or not. Cardinals just put Will Hernandez on IR. Not the season ending variety. He's got to miss at least four games. So they signed uh, Wyatt Davis in offensive line. They claimed him to yeah. take Will Hernandez's yeah. spot on the roster. He was on the he was on the Giants practice squad. He um he's only played I mean he's just a body, I would imagine. He's only played two offensive snaps in, in week five, was his only action with the team. Team and they um, and they caught him. So he was with the Giants, and then the Saints claimed him off the practice squad, and they've already waived him. So I wouldn't. I, I look. They need bodies. Yeah. I mean, you need bodies. All right. So now you're caught up on what's going on with the news with the Arizona Cardinals. Let's play some cliff sound for everybody today. And the one that's getting a lot of traction on social media. Maybe you've seen this. Maybe you haven't. Cliff Kingsbury today. Is obviously it's, it's a, a big day for Cliff. It's it's an interesting time right now for Cliff Kingsbury, right? Well, it is a big day for Cliff. It is a big of, day of hard knocks tonight. No, I wasn't thinking that. He, he was he was named the most handsome NFL coach in 2022, according to Beauty Technology Analysis. Inclu- Arizona Cardinals Cliff Kingsbury ranks number one most handsome head coach in the NFL according to popular beauty measurement app, scoring a sizzling 9.2 out of 10. Wow, Brian Dable. Uh, was the only other NFL coach to receive a perfect score of nine or above. Brian Dable got a perfect score? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Did you see the look on Eric Ruby's face? <laughs> yep. Brian Dable got a perfect score? Yep. Or close to a perfect score? 
Yep. I mean, no hate on the man. Uh, Yeah, yeah, Andy Reid Reid makes shock top five appearances. Beauty algorithm finds diamonds in the rough and handsome city uh, city chief. Wow. Lovey Smith and Frank Reich make up the remaining top five. This does not make me want to download. Does Frank Reich still qualify for this list? (laughs) I don't know. There it is, right there. Does Jeff Saturday qualify now? You guys didn't get that in your email today? No, no, we did. Kingsbury named the most handsome NFL coach in 2022. We saw, but that's not what I was referring to. I I, I was I was building towards that big news because I know that's big news. we lead with the I big was, news. I was working my way towards We've that. got something to be proud of, Arizona. <laughs> we may not win football games, but our coach was voted the most handsome. What I was talking yeah, take about. take that. What I was talking about yeah, so was apparently Cliff Kingsbury watches film with Michael Bidwell and Vance Joseph every week. Did you hear this? Play this for you. There's always great communication. We sit with Michael and watch the film, um, DJ and I, every week. And so he has a great understanding of what we're trying to do and where we're falling short. And we take ownership for what we need to take ownership for and, and say what we're going to do moving forward. So the um, communication has been clear and uh, everybody's been great. Follow-up question. Is it normal for an owner to watch film with coaches? Here's what Cliff said. I'm not sure how that goes other places. I've heard p- different p- people do it different ways, but it's been great for, um, I think, BJ and I to be able to show what we're trying to do. Here's the plan going forward, and here's how we're going to try to get this thing right. Now, whether it's social media or even here in our newsroom, when this information came out about an hour and a half ago, yeah, there was a lot of debate about whether that's normal whether that's abnormal, he's the owner of the team. Whether that's, whether I, that's, I don't know that I have a problem with it. Okay, I want to watch film with you guys. I want to see what's going on. I want to. I I've got an investment in all of you, you people. I want you to show me what you what what you're doing. So I I have no problem with that. Okay, you own the team. Okay, you're the, the owner. You I, want to go sit in and watch film? Go sit and watch film. Now, if he says, "Listen, I want to call a couple plays." Well, see, okay, then I got a different so problem. Th- th- that's where I'd really like to see the hard knocks cameras take us behind the scenes tonight. Because if if that's and I don't know if that's what's going on. If that's what's going on, that's where lines start getting crossed here, right? Like we people meet with their bosses. People are held accountable to their bosses. People have to explain what they do to their bosses, right? That's not football. That's life. Right. That's employment in America in 2022. We all have bosses. We all have to answer to them. So that in itself is not that abnormal. But if my if Michael Bidwell is to your point, oh, maybe you should do this. Oh, maybe you should do that. I think more of this. I think less of that. Who is the? That's where it gets a little okay. Now wait a minute here. Hold on. You wasn't know, there an owner that would call down to the booth and be like, "Do this or do that"? Was it Steinbrenner? Was it? I don't know. Weren't there rumors that reports that Robert Sarver would routinely sit in on coaches' meetings and say, "Do this and do that." I want to see more of this, and well, I want to see less of that. Well, after the games were over, the coaches had that little right before we were live. Yeah, man, Robert Sarver would be in there at times, of course. Yeah, but but again, is it just? To listen and observe and learn what the coaches were thinking, or is it to suggest? Is it to, is it to, I want more of this, I want less of that, this is wrong, this is right, etc., right? Because that's where, yeah. you know, they, okay, these are nothing against Michael. He's owned a football team, he's been part of an ownership group of a football team for most of his life. His family's owned the team for his entire life, okay? I, I understand the man has been around football, but it's also a different deal when it's like you're living to coach it, right? Like yes. it's just a different level of detail in terms of how you're putting these game plans together. It's got like Wolf was on the air earlier today. He said he had no problem with it. Other I don't have a problem with it either. Like, man, come on, leave the coaches alone. Just let them do their job. There's some people on. But, but, but what, what, what's preventing from doing that job? They're going to watch film. They're going to break stuff down. I mean, 
He's just he wants to know what's going on. He's and, entitled to know what's going on. And as long as that's all it is, yeah. Look, if he's not fine. sitting there, if we're not sitting there, we're like Michael's calling down to the uh, to the sidelines, and he's saying that you've got to play, you know, Benjamin Moore. Like you know, look, as long as I think that's happened a couple of times in sports. You, you God, there's something that's in my memory, and I can't jog it out about an owner or somebody calling down to the. To the the sideline or the dugout or somewhere and trying to. Well, are you talking about Jerry it, Jones? Might have been Jerry Jones. I mean, Jerry Jones. Okay, or uh, George he, Steinbrenner or somebody. There's something I, I'm telling you, I can't I can't get it out. But there's something that's reminding me that some owner actually did did that. Now, if Michael's just sitting there watching, I got no problem with that. I got no problem. It's the owner of the team. I want to sit in and watch film with you guys. Okay, by by all means, come on in, have a seat. Let's show you, you know? what we're doing. Let's explain it to you. This is what we yeah. we're thinking here. This I mean, is he's what we're make, thinking there. Yeah, if, it, if it helps him make decisions on, I'm going to keep these coaches because I really do think they know what they're doing. I got, I got it's fine. I, I, I actually agree with you. I, I read the story and I, I didn't have that big of a reaction to it as long as it's not crossing the line into meddling, right? Because now if you're meddling, somebody's telling as me it's Al Davis. Did Al Davis used to do that? Or maybe it was Al Davis. Okay. Yeah. That yep. sounds right. Another person, Al Davis, calling a bomb for the Raiders. I've got a couple of calls right now okay. on Al Davis. Okay. Messages on Al Davis. Okay. And I, I, I knew it was somebody. I, I, I think a guy like somebody. Just, yeah. That's okay. That's, that's we too, can't you have can't that. do that. We can't have that. And that I think right. we, what we don't know is, is that line being crossed in these meetings? Or is it just simply a, hey, show me what you're doing? I think it's you know? just, I don't think Michael's interfering like that. I think he wants to be involved as much as he can and understand the game as much as he can and understand what his coaches are doing. And again, I, I like I don't have an issue with that. No top three point shooter, no floor general tonight for the Suns. Bro. How will James Jones team manage their absences? We're gonna ask him. Our exclusive conversation is coming up next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. State of the Suns, driven by Sonic Drive-In. Mmm, Sonic. Prince and Gambo take you inside the Suns front office and talk with a key decision maker. Every Wednesday at 3.30, we get the pleasure of talking with one of the key decision makers for the Suns. Usually, it's James Jones, the general manager. And this week, it is James Jones, the general manager, who stopped by for a few minutes to hang out with us here on Burns and Gambo. Talk about the Suns as they take on the Timberwolves tonight. James, good to have you back on the show, man. Hope you're well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Let's let's talk a little bit about the decision that, that Cam made. And I'm sure you were involved in it, as were his, his medical doctors and the team doctors. The meniscus is that you could repair it, you could take it out. I've been through this many times with athletes. If you take it out, it's a, what a shorter recovery. You can get on the field, uh, back on the court sooner. But if you repair it, it takes longer. Tell me, tell me about the decision for him to with the meniscus and him being out for the next month to two i mean well it really came down to to cam and the doctors um deciding what was best um for him given the circumstances and and just the removal was the best course of action um the benefit of that is that he'll be back uh sooner um but that really wasn't a factor it was what was the best uh, course of action and that just happened to be the removal so now um we'll we'll start the process of him um, being, you know, getting back on the recovery uh, trail, and, and we'll be cautious though. Um, we still have a long-term outlook for him and for the season. The initial suggestion, the initial reporting, is a month or two. Is that about what you guys are thinking in terms of his return? 
Those, yeah, those, are, those recoveries can be anywhere from four to eight weeks. Um, you can come back quickly. You could, you know, take it and be extremely conservative. You know, so we figure somewhere between four to eight weeks, six okay. to eight weeks, somewhere around there. He should be, should I, be good. Yeah, I was, I was going to follow up. Is there anything specific to his situation that would lend you to think that it's more on the sooner side or the later side, or is it too early to know something like that? No, I mean, I think a lot of times those estimates are great for for just kind of as a benchmark. But the first three weeks of a recovery will determine a lot. And so if he's he's trending well, it could be shorter. Uh, but like I said, I think four to six weeks from now, we'll, we'll have a better gauge of just how far along he is. Let's talk about Chris. And, and, and again, same thing, being careful with Chris. That looked like an old person injury to me. Sometimes I, you know, I moved the wrong way and my body hurts. And uh, it looked like Chris just you know, moved the wrong way on that. And the Philadelphia game only played the 14 minutes, came out. I'm sure it's very precautionary. But what kind of update do you have for us on Chris Paul? Uh, well, you know, Chris, to, today we thought that, you know, a, a couple extra days of rest would be, be better. You know, if this were the playoffs, if we need to play a game, um, he'd be ready to go. So, um, Chris is, he's good. We just, we're just going to be cautious and take it slow. So you've got the game uh, against Minnesota today, and then Friday you have Orlando. Is it safe to say that he's probably going to miss the Orlando game as well? Nah, it's too early to say. Um, he, he was a he's a day to day decision. Um, a lot can happen in forty eight hours. Um, and, and Chris loves to compete, so we'll, we'll see. Well, the, James, you, you're you've, you've got the patience of a saint. I mean, you 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 wait things out. You've done a tremendous job with how you've built this roster, and um, you know the depth is, is in question with no Jay and no Cam. Do you feel any pressure now to to make a move, a signing of a free agent? There's a bunch out there, or a trade to just to kind of give you a, another body for this for this time without Cam. No, I mean, I'm, I'm always monitoring that. But, I mean, I can't, you know, like knee-jerk reaction to just go and try to short-term just throw someone in the mix doesn't make sense for us. Uh, we have guys that have been a part of this and guys that are, are playing. You know, it's a tough spot for us. But we go as, as Chris, Devin, Mikhail, and DeAndre go. Um, you know, the rest of our guys have been, been great. You know, I, I understand the Jay Crowder situation and, and being light with the forwards with Cam. Uh, we will address that at some point, um, but in the short term, we're just going to make sure when we address it, we address it with an eye towards the long term. So there are a lot of veteran free agents out there. The Carmelo Anthony, LaMarcus Aldridge, there's just a lot of guys that are out there. Is it safe to say that those guys are not on your radar right now because you're looking for a more longer term answer? No, I haven't, I haven't excluded any of those guys. It's just, you know, like so many names and so many you know, players, where do they fit? Like, where do they play? How do they fit with us? You know, there, there are decisions and questions beyond just can a guy play? And so, um, like I said, we'll, we'll continue to look at it. This is a long season, and we do have an outlook that, you know, we need to be our best, playing our best as strong as possible as we reach the playoffs. James Jones, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show. So in light of any kind of move that might happen anytime soon, in your mind, what has to happen now without Cam in terms of the guys that you've got? Is there an individual or two that you're looking to step up, to do more? To How do you fill the void of Cam Johnson if there's not a move for another player, either through a trade or free agency? Well, I mean, with the team we have, we, we just need to – you know, be extremely efficient and, and play better. You know, we need to make shots. You know, Mikel, 
Mikael, Devin, you know, Chris, DeAndre, uh, Campaign, Landry Shamit, you know, Jock, Dario, all those guys, all those guys have the ability to do more. Um, and we're going to need them to do more. I think you see right now across the NBA, um, you, you struggle to find teams that don't have six or seven, eight guys contributing consistently. It's not the same guy. Your top two guys, maybe your your third guy if you have one, they're the consistent scorers, but night in and night out, you're trying to find someone else who you don't expect to give you 15, 20 points every night, but, you know, a chorus of guys can give you seven, eight, ten, twelve, night to night. Um, in 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 this league right now, where there's a lot of parity and uh, like I said, a, a youth movement, a youth shift, where a lot of the the established players are, you know, being I say beat by committee by a bunch of younger guys. So as a collective, we'll just have to be able to be efficient. You know, our margin for error is smaller, but until we um, take a couple steps forward and, and our, our roster gets complete, ho- completely whole and healthy. Um, we're just going to have to lean on our guys who are playing these minutes to, to be productive. I'm glad you mentioned the word minutes. I, I know it was just one game, and I'm not going to draw any conclusions after one game, but Devin played an awful lot the other night against Philly, and he was really trying to will the team to a win there. Is that that kind of high usage for him specifically? Is that something you'd like to avoid in the coming weeks until you get Cam back? Well, I mean, it's, you know, the schedule dictates a lot of it. Um, whenever you go on the road, the first game of a road trip, guys want to get that first road win. Um, we lost Chris during the game, so you really can't adjust rotations on the fly um, for, and expect the guys that are, you know, potentially not getting minutes to get 14 minutes in, and, and be a part of it. So I think we'll be better equipped going forward. But, you know, Devin's going to play 30-something minutes, and, and if we get a – you know, if we get the schedule days off and if we have some success, uh, we can monitor that. But, you know, our, our goal isn't to play Devin 45 minutes a night. Um, he's he's, he's going to be able to play his normal minutes and, and guys like DeAndre and, and Mikel step up. I think a lot of people will look to see how DeAndre Ayton would react after the max contract offer was matched by you guys and you bring him back. I've always been a fan of his as an elite defensive rebounder. I've always looked at him as one of the elite defensive rebounders in this league. This year, I'm not seeing the same rebounding prowess that DeAndre's had in previous years. Are you noticing that? I mean, there's, there's been, you know, there's, there's, you know, the team's in transition. You know, DeAndre, we're asking him to do more offensively. We're putting him in different spots on the floor. You know, he's at the top of the key shooting three. He's away from the basket um, more defensively. You know, we switch him and, and use him out on the perimeter. So, I mean, I think it's just, you know, the the, the early part of the season. But I expect him to, to pick it up. I expect him to get back to his, his typical rebounding ways. James, we appreciate the time, as always. We appreciate the conversation. Best of luck to the organization tonight against Minnesota. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, James. James Jones joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. When we got, come back here, we'll react a little to what James had to say. He just got done talking with us. How they fill the void with Cam, both in terms of the players they've got on the roster and the moves they could make off of the roster. We'll react a little to what James had to say coming up next on the Burns and Gambo Show. And Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
All right, so we had James Jones on in the last segment. I thought we could spend at least a couple of minutes kind of reacting to some of the things that he said. Six to eight weeks. Six to eight weeks. Um, and he, I, he said the first three weeks were going to be an interesting kind of benchmark for Cam. Like, is it going to is it going to be closer to four? Is it going to be closer to six? Is it going to be closer to eight? Here's James Jones with a certain. Really came down to Cam and doctors um, deciding what was best um, for him given the circumstances and and just the remote was the best course of action. Um, the benefit of that is that he'll be back uh, sooner, um, but that really wasn't a factor. It was what was the best uh, course of action, and that just happened to be the removal. So now um, we'll, we'll start the process of him um, being, you know, getting back on the recovery uh, trail, and, and we'll be cautious, though. Um, we still have a long-term outlook for him and for the season. And before you respond, let me play this. This is the cut I was looking for here. What determines whether it's closer to one month or two months for Cam? This is what James said. I think a lot of times those estimates are great for for just kind of as a benchmark, but the first three weeks of a recovery will determine a lot. And so if he's he's trending well, it could be shorter. Uh, but like I said, I think four to six weeks from now we'll we'll have a better gauge of just how far along he is. Yeah, the, the long term. The, the the fascinating thing is just the patience that this guy has. I mean, honestly, the patience of a saint. Like, you know, you would think after you. You would think that you would have traded, traded Jay Crowder, right? And, and here we are weeks into the season mm-hmm. and no tra- Jay Crowder. Then Cam Johnson goes down. You would think, okay, now you're going to trade Jay Crowder. No, no, Jay Crowder trade. Chris Paul gets back. Nothing like that. I, I mean, it's leading me to believe that they're real, that the guys that they really do like are not going to be available until December 16th, 16th, somewhere around. Yeah, there's yeah. about a third of the league that is not trade eligible today, but will be in five weeks. And if you like guys, then maybe you ride it out and you just wait and you, what else could explain this patience that, that James has to, to lose, to, to not have Jay available, and you can easily trade him and get somebody else. You don't do it. You could go sign Stanley Johnson. You could go sign Maurice Harkless. I went over this with this list with you the other day. There is so much. Carmelo Anthony's, Carmelo Anthony's out the one there. That a Lou lot Williams is about, out yeah. there. Um, Stanley Johnson is out there. Maurice Harkless is out there. Kemba Walker, Rajon Rondo, Eric Paschal, Derek Favors. There's plenty of guys if you want to go get a guy. He's not going to get a guy. Now he said, "I'm not going to rule any of these guys out," because, but he he certainly is not in a rush at this point to go do anything. No, he's not. And you know the the J situation as part of the reporting done mm. by Brian Windhorst, uh, he had suggested that look, this does not change the situation for Jay at all. He's not coming back to the Phoenix Suns. We have asked James Jones countless questions about Jay Crowder over the last few weeks, and he's to the point where I believe he said all he has to really say about Jay to us publicly about that situation. Jay's away from the team. He's asked for a trade. The Suns are going to oblige him at some point. And beyond that, we're not really getting more information about what is behind Jay's trade request and why it hasn't been rescinded and why he's not back. He's not going to be back. I mean, James has made that very clear to us every single time we've asked him about Jay. And so I know fans want to know what's going on with Jay. I assure you, we have asked James many, many, many times what's going on with Jay. And we just haven't gotten any kind of answers to be able to know for sure why all of this is happening and why Jay doesn't want to be back and why the Suns don't want him. All of this stuff, we, we don't know. So we just assume that Jay's not coming back. As far as Chris Paul goes, he 
is not ruling out Paul versus Orlando. That's the next game after tonight, even though Paul is out for tonight's game. No, nah, it's too early to say. Um, he, he was a, He's a day-to-day decision. Um, a lot can happen in 48 hours. Um, and, and Chris loves to compete, so we'll, we'll see. But to your point about the pressure to make an immediate move, Here's the here's what he had to say about that. No, I mean I'm, I'm always monitoring that, but I mean I can't, you know, like knee jerk reaction to just go and try to short term just throw someone in the mix doesn't make sense for us. Uh, we have guys that have been a part of this and guys that are, are playing. You know, it's a tough spot for us, but we go as, as Chris, Devin, Mikhail, and DeAndre go. Um, you know, the rest of our guys have been been great. You know, I, I understand the Jay Crowder situation and, and being light with the forwards with Cam. Uh, we will uh, address that at some point, um, but in the short term, we're just going to make sure when we address it, we address it with an eye towards the long term. I'm going to give you two forwards that I that I will not, I, I cannot rule out right now. Okay. Stanley Johnson and Maurice Harkless. Okay. Two names that we've brought up in the past. Stanley Johnson, former U of A guy, 26 years old, lottery pick by the Pistons. He's a forward. Maurice Harkless, 29 years old. Uh, I think the Lakers worked him out. He's, you know, he's, he gives you some toughness. He's a forward. Those are two guys that could make sense for Phoenix, and I would not rule either one of them out as guys that they could kick the tires on to see if they could come in here and play. So keep your eye on those two names, Stanley Johnson and Maurice Harkless. But didn't you get the vibe based off of James in our conversation that, that he's – it's almost like he wants to see what he's got first, you know? Yeah, like it's giving almost, these guys more playing time, yeah, he gets almost, the chance to say, sure. Yeah, it's almost like, okay, before we go out and do anything, let's just let's just see what we've got already in-house. But and there's he, two moves, right? There's two. There's replace Cam Johnson temporarily with somebody, you know, if you, and maybe the guy that you're going to replace him with is a guy that's going to go be your 12th guy on the bench and somebody else that you already have is going to move up the ladder, right? That's Maybe. one. That's one. And then the other one is the J trade, which, again, I think the J trade makes a lot more sense that that's well, a December trade because that opens up another third of the league. But in but in the, for the time being, you could go get somebody that just could be a bottom of the bench guy or a guy that could be a rotation guy in free agency. You could if you're sold on waiting until December for J. On that trade, because there's somebody out there you want who's not available until December. Then you, you've got one of two options. If you're James Jones, go sign one of these free agents now to help you out or give it another week or two and just kind of see how the guys you've got play before. Do we need a Stanley Johnson? Do we need a Mo Harkless or are we good? Because if you're already committed and we're just guessing here that they're waiting for a December 15th guy, but if you're already committed to waiting for a December 15th guy in the J trade, then you've at that point, you kind of go, okay, we either ride this out without Cam Johnson with what we've got and let's go a couple of weeks and see or go sign one of those free agents because we need help. And I just I don't know, man, I got the vibe from him that he kind of wants to see what he's got first. You know, it's only been what? Two games? Yeah. Two and a half games? Yeah. I, I got the sense that let's just wait and see what we've got. And if we need to go this do is, something, we'll yeah. do something. This is more play in time. Okoji could get more play in time. Um, um, Dario could get more play in time. Absolutely. They're, you know, without these guys, I, I, these guys have been here. They went through camp. Let's see what they Damian can do. Damian Lee can get more play. I brought and in Damian Lee. Let's see what he can and do. And if they can't get it done, then I'll go out and go get somebody. Yep. That's kind of the impression I got. When we come back here on the Burns and Gambo show. A lot of stuff we have gotten to. A lot of stuff we haven't 
gotten to. Lucky for you, we put it all in one nice, neat segment. We call it the 4 o'clock reset. Everything you need to know in sports is next on Burns and Gambo.